Welcome, everyone, to another fun-filled episode of Mostly AV, where our hosts discuss the world in and around commercial audio video. All opinions are strictly that of the person stating them and do not necessarily represent the opinions of the show or any sponsors, or any other human being for that matter. And now, without further ado, let's get started with the show. Welcome, everyone. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining again for episode, what are we on now, five? Episode five, yes. Yay. It's only number one for me. <laughs> number one for Mr. Clay Weisner, who's joining the party. Glad to be here. Yay, I know. This and is we, so exciting. We've been wooing Clay for months now, so right. welcome to the party. You guys are not good wooers. And Michelle's joining <laughs> us <know>. today. <laughs> Michelle's joining us today on the Zoom from across the country yes, in I'm, California. I'm zooming in from Costa Mesa, California. Nice. All right. I miss you guys. I'll be back. I'll be back this week, though. So don't worry. Have no fear. <laughs> All right. And we do have a loose cat around the studio, so you may hear some crashing. We have a new studio cat. Studio, studio cat. cat. Studio. Yeah, exactly. Hey, studio cat. I like that. We should remember that for some other product or something later on. Yeah. Are we naming him Crash Bandicoot? Is that going to be kitty cat's name? Oh, he found a bottle top. So. <laughs> 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 All right, and... Well, uh, let's we can get on to today's uh, subject. And what is that subject, Jerry? The paradigm shift away from hardware codecs. <gasps> is that going to happen? I haven't heard. No, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, it's happening. Oh, come on, guys. I mean, how many codecs do we specify anymore? I mean, it's very, very few compared to what it, how it used to be. I right, haven't, I haven't specified one in quite literally five years. Wow. Wow. But then, oh my God, I was not in a situation where we did a lot of you know, conferencing things, but everything, it, it was, that was, that was not our, our bailiwick, but still no one wanted one. We never, we never even tried to sell one or spend mm. one. Yeah. The only time I price one is like, Oh, we got to have a hardware codec. And because that's our standard, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, which Us is, too. it's getting rarer and rarer. Um, Oh, God bless them because, if they still want to spend 20 grand on something exactly. they can for free. And just because I'm morbidly curious, <laughs> right. I'll always ask, you know, well, who, who are you conferencing with? Is it outside office? Blah, 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 blah. And almost every time they, they're the use case, the actual use case that they describe doesn't even need one. They're just doing it out of habit. Right, exactly. Um, now, I guess that out for you guys that kind of see a little bit more than of the outside world than I do, I just get the RFPs and um, the what. What's been <laughs> kind of like the most popular, uh, you know, cloud service or soft codec that you guys have run into? Um, well, it depends on uh, the organization, you know, how what they already have adopted as their standard. Mm -hmm. A lot of times for me, it's Skype for business or um, you know, the Cisco stuff. So WebEx. Right. Zoom. I, I run into that, but not as much as I, I think they do over in the West Coast. Right, yeah, um, they're they're really big into Zoom over there. Yeah, we 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 as an integrator, we get that a lot. It's like, well, we, you know, because I guess Zoom rooms have become kind of like a mm -hmm. Xerox mm. Uh, for some companies. You know, they they don't know what it is, and actually, most people don't know what it is. You know, Zoom really is just the services, right? For, and exactly. the cloud the cloud meeting space, similar to Skype. Oh, so they're just starting to call anything a Zoom room, <laughs> right? Well, you can use you can use uh, yeah. You know, it's a soft codec, so sure. any any PC or your laptop or anything could become a a Zoom thing, right? Um, but are they using that as a generic, like you said, like a yeah, Kleenex a term, or a Xerox? Yeah, it's just yeah a, basically, yeah, it's, a, it's a non codec room. Well, it is fun to say. It is fun to say. It's Zoom. Room. It has Zoom alliteration. Room. It almost I rise. mean, we can't understate the importance of alliteration in AV. And yeah. <laughs> that's true. true. Yeah. <laughs> because Lord knows that's yeah, I see that's a lot important. Of <laughs> I have a few clients that do blue jeans, and they like blue jeans for their soft codec. Right. Yeah, we have some too. Um, but I, I only see a, a codec going in usually like in a boardroom or something. It's become more of the you know unique space, not the everyday throwdown. Right. I, I don't see a lot of mass hardware based codecs. Uh, is Cisco even making hardware based codecs anymore? I guess Cisco, they still are oh, yeah. to a certain extent. Oh yeah, yeah, they're they're the ones that are they're pushing kind of. Um, they're the ones propping up Bernie at week weekend at Bernie's. Well, they used to use they used to use them as a bargaining chip. When when they took over Tanberg, they would start. They would go into an enterprise and say, "Hey, you know, if you get all Cisco switches and everything, we'll give you uh, 
some of these awesome codecs like for yeah. conferencing with trends coding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't, you know, if you can afford to do it, you know, having sure. something be your lost leader isn't a big deal when you look at the overall nut, right? So, right. Uh, you know, certainly a strategy we've seen deployed lots of places. Yeah, I'm just curious, though. I, I see more and more people just wanting to get away from it. Yeah, they, they don't want to manage it. They don't want to maintain it. Uh, they don't want to continue the licensing. They'd rather just go with something that's a little bit more ubiquitous. Right. Hence, the Zoom room. The Zoom room. Or WebEx. Or Which, Skype for Business. Oh, no. It's all Zoom room for me from now on. I just, <laughs> that's it. I'm going to try yeah. to, I'm gonna try to like, say that it phrase. It rhymes. That's all I needed to yeah. know. A hundred times during this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, as an integrator, what, what I'm finding difficult is actually having a conversation with BlueJeans or Zoom or you know Cisco about how do I sell this? You know, as an integrator, what's my incentive to push yours right. versus the other guys? Typically, you wouldn't. Yeah, they're already on something. We just call it web conferencing and move on. I don't. I do care, but I don't. You know, from a hardware perspective, I don't really care what they're using. All right. I need to know is it's web conferencing, and then from there on, I right. go my normal route of USB to whatever that bridge is going to be. Right. right. Well, that that, that kind of goes to the consultant. The the yeah. last sentence of the contracts that the integrator. <laughs> Uh, liable for providing, providing <laughs> functioning yeah. system, yeah. and that's where I got to deal with. Well, and, I mean, even you, know, you don't really. I mean, if it's Skype for business versus web well, conferencing, you don't. The client, really the, care. Well, well, I don't. I, yes, I really exactly. don't. But for me to close that deal, I do. I need to be able to sell the client something that works. So they need a fully functioning, of course. Well, we all fully do. Baked thing. But, but there's companies that don't have either, or they're like, well, we use Skype a little bit. You know, some of the smaller companies. I ran into this into a little while back. And um, we were proposing, I think, life science or something like that. And oh my God, the licensing—it's—it's it's like you need a, you need yeah. a, a roadmap with GPS to figure out what exactly you need to be able to sell stuff. Right. I'm trying to show Michelle the cat for uh, those of you in audio land. <laughs> Can you see? Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm struggling right now to think of a time where what <laughs> version of you know, software codec somebody used drove any any kind of real no, it doesn't design drive, decision. It, right, that, right. It doesn't it doesn't drive the but decision. It, it, may, it may happen. But, I just can't yeah, think of one right when now. When you're dealing with okay. a client that they're they all they've heard is like look names, you know. Mm -hmm. I've heard of Zoom, I've heard of blue jeans. Uh where's that coming you know, it's like Yeah, typically that's an ID IT decision and you know we do IT consulting too, so we, we get brought into those conversations. But right from an A V perspective you know, once we know it's web conferencing, that's good enough for me. I mean, I want to know because you know we'll we'll try to right. mimic that user experience other places. You know, we're involved a lot in the UI and things like that. Sure. So I want to know from that perspective so that the person's user experience is as similar as humanly possible to what they're already used to. So if it's right. Skype for Business or something like that, we'd want it to look and act like that. Speaking yeah. of UI, do any of these like we're looking at a Zoom screen right now, which really yeah. Doesn't look like anything. There's nothing custom or cool about it. Is we're on the content. Well, sharing we're, yeah, page. we're looking at the content well, sharing. Well, so I you're, know. you're looking but, local. But even the uh, even the interface, if you've got the tiled uh, people and everything, I I don't think any of them have anything that's unique that I've seen. <laughs> okay, sorry guys, we're getting distracted. By the, the studio cat there. is uh, enjoying this. He's really exploring the studio space. Yeah. Really <laughs> explore the space and soaking up all this great knowledge, right? It's no. going to be the the foremost <laughs> feline authority on okay. web-based conferencing. Okay, so now that we've talked about the software portion, you know, kind of like what what which way do you guys head as far as hardware to be able to host that? To host it, um, whatever their IT department in, wants yeah, to use, OFEPC, yeah, pretty much. There. If oh, they want to, yeah. to, to use it, yeah, yeah. It, mm -hmm. it's either the same old thing. Is it a is our room PC for smaller rooms? Probably not, but there are some organizations I've seen that are different, right? And I've seen like a room PC, even though it's just a laptop, sometimes like even in a huddle, which is surprising, but they, they still do that. There's, right, there's right. Still, some yeah. people still have that mindset. Of, I don't want to bring anything into this space. Well, that's part of the which know, is fine, but you know. You know, the Zoom room 
what they call what they calling a Zoom room thing is that they have a little package with a PC. Mm-hmm. They actually Zoom doesn't sell it. They they kind of just say you need a PC that can do this with right, these specs right. and whatnot. And then it's up to you kind of together. It's like okay, we're going to use this USB camera, this USB audio device, and then you can build it around that. Exactly. I mean, so it, the the real thing is you got to have some sort of AV bridge to bring the stuff that's in the room to the PC, and whether right. that's a one that lives in the space or something that uh, a BYOD situation where somebody right. walks in with one. Right. And that, it, it almost doesn't matter, but it, I mean, it does when you start planning out your infrastructure, of course. <laughs> but um, for the functionality of it, it's so easy to design around. It's just I just need an AV bridge to get that that room audio and video to mm-hmm. this hardware PC. Right. Right. Any well, particular interestingly favorite? enough, though, uh, Zoom has made a lot of very strategic partnerships, which I think is kind of a trend that I'm seeing mm-hmm. in order for people to get leverage. And they went out and tested every single microphone they could get their hand on, USB microphone, and they ended up liking the Marshall Electronics microphone the most. They reached out to them, they co developed it because there's certain things inherent, apparently, within the Zoom algorithm that are very unique. And they needed a product that could also be daisy-chainable by a USB um, to cover larger spaces. And uh, they partnered with Marshall, and they actually came out with a Zoom microphone that that's what they endorsed. And it's based on kind of their specifications as a software company, uh, which I thought was a very unique, Mm. um, unique concept from them. And it's just been selling like hotcakes. But it it ends up falling into the UC channel. It's not necessarily your AV dealer channel, although the AV dealer can certainly promote it. But you know they can buy it from probably headsets.com or somebody like that if they wanted. Right. I don't know. Yeah, and I think that as an AV integrator, that's what we're kind of struggling with. That Zoom kind of sells direct or through different channels that are not AV centric. So it really yeah. kind of when an integrator comes in, it's like okay, they're not going to give headsets to go or whatever or you know. A contract to yep. do a seven million seven million dollar campus project, but the requirements are there. You know, like I'm working on one right now, where it's, you know BYOD rooms, and you know just tracking down the information and on how to interface business wise, not necessarily hardware or software, but business wise, how how is it profitable? How is it worth my while? to promote any particular path. Cause they're also looking for that question to the AV integrator. They're going, it's like, well, who should we use? Who do you, you recommend? Yeah. And it's hard yeah. to add value. And that's because to be honest, I think whatever they all seem to work yeah. the, as far as I can right. tell. So there's, and I don't know now in a, in the bigger situation, like, you know, blue jeans, I have not kept up with. It used to be what, like $10,000 a year or something like that. Are they still charging depends, that kind of money? It depends on the the size of the the organization. The organization, and I've mm-hmm. never used it as the actual interface. As yeah, a, it's, as actual, it's a bridge for it's me. Af- That's yeah, it's after you leave the after you leave your get out to the the world. They right. they ensure quality connections or whatever. Yeah, and, and they may have one. I don't know. Um, Michelle may know that. Do they have like an actual their you know, own? There's a blue jeans server that you used to be able to put in your enterprise. I yeah. Think. I don't know what their architecture is. I do have an end-user client out here in California, a software company, and they're one of these, like, super users of video. Like, it's almost required, you know, if you don't turn on your video and you're doing a call, like, you have to come up with an excuse, right? It's Mm. it's the expectation, and they they burn through, like, two million minutes of conferencing a a month. It's just off the hook. And they love blue jeans. And I had never been a blue jeans fan. I don't know that I am to this day. Um, but I do have a lot of respect because they say it's a great experience and they love it. And they're all in on blue jeans. They also do still have, I mean, they're about a 500 conference room end user. Uh, and they mm. do also still have both Polycom and Cisco. Yeah. They had never standardized. So they, they're still managing those banks of hardware-based codecs in addition to their software-based codec experience. That makes um, sense. So they say good things, but they're the only ones I know of. We've had, that, we used it a few times. And have, not on my radar. Yeah, we've liked it. I mean, for that purpose, for bridging together where you've got um, um, enterprise that's got, you know, we've got a bunch of codecs 
maybe we don't design them into yep. new spaces so much, but they still exist. And those people are still important to our meetings. We need to hear from them. Sometimes people call in and they don't want to think about it. They just want to have this single point that people call into. And no matter what flavor it is, it just works. Right. They'll use it for that. And it works great for that. Right. Yeah. And Blue Jeans was very early into this thing. So yeah. they're probably the the big established uh, people providing that service. Yeah. Blue Jeans, Vodexio. We I've run into that because I think I think Vodexio is the one that uh uh Whitlock, I believe oh kind of like yeah. branded Vodexio and they're their a own. partner. Yeah, they're a partner and kind of yeah. their service that they sell is actually a Vodexio platform. Gotcha. Um yeah, Videxia does a lot of integrator kind of white label type things, right? Where they just put it under their umbrella. Right. And I've there's a fair amount of Videxia clients out there too. Yeah, I've, right. I've heard a lot about them, mostly because they were promoted by the big boys, right? And they had those relationships with the Avicoles and the Whitlocks, et cetera, of the world. Um, and I believe Diversified as well. So, yeah, I've, I've heard decent things, but I've never, ever dealt with Videxia, and I'm pretty much an AV idiot when it comes to that. That's... <laughs> To be honest, yeah. I've never even heard of them before. So shows how right. shows how much yeah. I know. <laughs> Probably because it's all it's always been uh, you know I, yeah underneath someone else's. underneath. I've heard of them, but I've never used anything. Right. From them, so yeah, we did a big uh, with when I was with Carousel, we did a big integration with it here at the local. There's a local bank chain around here um, that like 48 rooms. Mm. It was all through Videx, you know. Well, and how did the project go? It went well, actually. Uh, I went out to do some training for some people, uh, having not never experienced it. Just went to you know their big boardroom and showed them how to use the room, and they worked fine. It's pretty, oh nice, pretty clean, easy to use, single interface, which is that's the whole point. That's what the customer wants. Yeah, yeah, right. Which kind of comes. I just back. wanted to kick off the year with a positive AV story. Yeah. Happy yeah. New Year, guys! But you, you started <laughs> exactly. to ask a good question. Um, you were saying, you know, are there some that on the AV bridge side of things and the hardware side of AV bridging. Right, exactly. Um, were there some that, that good experiences, bad experiences that people have had? Um, and, you know, I think I've used two of the main ones. I've used Xtrons as AV bridge to, you know, we're talking not bridging like dial-in bridge, but bringing the audio video of a room to to the PC, that kind right. of that right. bridge. Yeah. Getting it to USB. Yeah. I've used the Xtron one with success. It's been fine. Um, I like the Blackmagic one pretty well because it's it's really cool how that how that's implemented. Yeah. Um, what I about, can't think of any other. What about Vadio? The Vadio? Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Is it Vadio or Vadio? I say Vadio, but I like to do it with a Hispanic accent because it's just more fun. Vadio. Yeah. I've used that with success. The one that I've been specking quite a bit is actually Biamp has their DV. It's a little box called a DVO. This is great for small, like huddles and small. It has USB 3 connectivity. It has dual video outputs, and it has it. Can, you can either get a desktop microphone pod thing, mm-hmm. which is I don't think it's a speaker. I think it's just a just a microphone, mic or you can order it with a uh-huh. a sing, single hanging ceiling mic. Hmm. That's cool. And it's all one little box and go. That's behind. nice. Yeah, and it's a USB hub, so it's it's almost like a universal docking station in a way if you treat it as such. And um, uh, so. It's got it's got a little twenty watt output, so you can okay. hook up a couple of you know, yeah. four inch speakers in a room, and you know, that's get, cool to get that telephone sound. So all you need is a USB cable on the uh, at the table, and that's it. Bring yeah, your own device. Cool. I like. You know, what we should start doing um, is maybe including some links to some of the stuff we talk about. Yeah, we'll down do that. the description okay. of our. It's a great um, idea. I mean, I would have done it sooner if anybody asked, but we don't hear from you guys much. Yeah, we do need well, feedback. Well, we're just we a bunch of rookies winging it, David. And, and we're not saying that just because, you know, we want, hey, stroke our ego, tell us how awesome we are, or how, how annoying we sound, or just, you know, there's some stuff you guys probably want to know, and we'd love to hear it so we can talk about stuff you want, actually want to hear. Exactly. It's the one. Well, that sounds like a cool product. Around what's uh, what's the price point? Do you know what the MSRP is on that, Jerry? Uh, no. One million dollars. <laughs> no, I, I think I think it's in, I, I think it's I think it's in the low one thousand, maybe, maybe okay, around fifteen hundred dollars range. I'm guessing. I'm not sure of the MSRP. The, I have a uh, question. Does uh. Is that a product that requires an integrator, or could an IT department just deploy it themselves? And I, 
it, well, if you if you're if you if you do a ceiling mic setup, then I wouldn't trust the IT department to do that. I would go with an integrator. Okay, if, if you're going to utilize, you know, the, the 20 watt, 70 volt amp built in and, and put a couple of speakers in the room, again, integrator. And that's, that's yep. I think that this, this conversation comes from the fact that as an integrator participating in that, you know, that environment is that we're having to look for solutions to be able to remain relevant in that space. Right. Personally, I think, and this is coming from a non-integrator, I think they should... They should be, behoove them to reach out to an integrator no matter what, because by nature of what that thing is, it's tying into the room audio video. So Correct. Unless they just have some really good, and there's some organizations out there that have really good AV guys. So if that's your if that's your case, you know, then right. maybe that doesn't apply to you. But I think most of the time it, w- it would be a good idea to reach out. Right. Well, part of these solutions, if you're going to go beyond the downfall that some of these uh – uh, bring your own device solutions have is that they're all 95%. They don't do 100% of the yeah. solution. They do right. 95% of it. Because, you know, on this particular device, if you're going to put it, if you if you have a six-person little table where it's not against the wall, well, now you're talking about a USB extender. Mm-hmm. That, you know, you're either going to cable track it, go through a core, come up the wall. So, you know, you're talking something that's a little bit more advanced than your typical IT department would or could handle. Agreed. Or want to handle it. Or would want yeah, to. Or would, say yeah. or would want to. Yeah. Well, and that's where some good, yeah. uh, whether whether you're an integrator doing a design build or a consultant, those, that some, something as silly as that, like remembering that there's mm-hmm. got to be a cable path for a USB exactly. extender is something that a lot of people, end users, would, would think about. never think of right. because they're just like, no, man, it's just USB. You plug it into the computer. It's so easy. I found an Amazon ex- uh, active it, USB extender cable right here. What's the problem with that? I got <laughs> you a, tell me in about right. three weeks. I got a hundred footer from Monoprice <laughs> and yeah. I taped it right up the wall. <laughs> it's like, dear customer, meet ADA requirements. <laughs> don't be hating on fries. Y'all don't be hating on <laughs> fries and CDW. Come on now. <laughs> no. Yeah, they get us out of a jam, but you know, yeah. it's one of those things you don't want to. Yeah, to do it, you know, to do it properly. You don't want to avoid design. <laughs> it's, it, re- it reminds me of the days. It reminds me of the days where you're you're putting in a ten thousand dollar or sixty thousand dollar, eighty thousand dollar projector into a place, and the end user is going, "But I saw a, a projector oh, for eight hundred dollars at Best Buy." It's like, yep. well, go ahead and it get happens that. now with displays. Yeah, go go ahead there and. Have a nice life. I can get a 4K display at Best Buy for $9.99. I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> Leave it on all day. <laughs> yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> Try to control yeah, right. it. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. So that's a, a, one of the other points is, and this is a pet peeve. This is my, my, uh, my uh, BYOD or soft codec pet peeve. Nobody's really addressing a big room that wants to utilize it. There's, you know, I agree with all the US, you know, everything's going to USB for a soft codec. There's a lot of USB extension stuff that needs to happen. Um, you have to use those. There's, there's not a whole lot of choices. Yeah. You you've know? got to do some kind of, you've got to do some sort of auto switching uh, or, right. you know, if you've got multiple cameras in the room and if you've got several, you need some sort of actual auto mixer for multiple so, microphones, all of that before you hit the bridge. Oops. Or before you smack your hand into the microphone. <laughs> um, I was being demonstrative. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, it's, so what, what is your, what have you had to go to? Uh, well, what I do normally is I, I use a QC, QSIS Core mm-hmm. 110 yeah. for audio DSP because it gives you the USB. It's got built-in VoIP, built-in uh, POTS compatibility. Mm-hmm. You don't have, you know, mm-hmm. there's only one model. You don't have to choose between 12 different models, if you know who that is. Hint, hint. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah it does it all but then it, okay that you've addressed audio now let's go to video uh, they're they're almost we, there we They've, use wet black magic because of that really? because right. you get the one signal from the av rack to wherever the one user is and mm-hmm. you can daisy chain those those guys together so anybody mm. that plugs in is going to get the so like for a multi-purpose room or something like that where you have a bunch of floor boxes and something mm-hmm. on the wall as long as you've got one near the furniture that they're going to be using or whatever, you can plug right into the floor box, and now that guy can get 
um, the room audio and video to his USB device. So it works really well for that. How does it address multiple people being plugged into it? Well, you still have to. Well, you still have to choose in your control system who's going to get it. Oh, is that that like a USB matrix? Yeah, in a in a Hmm. way, it's just it's just looped through, and so you would you would choose what um, source is um, routed. Like that's so. Kind of picking a stream off of basically picking yeah. a thing off of, off of a USB stream, mm-hmm. and for lack of a better term, <clears throat> interesting. Right. I know that QSC with QC, they've got if you use their camera, they've got a little system that works, but they they haven't gotten to where they're uh, camera agnostic yet. Right. But exactly. uh, QSC with QSC, 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 yeah, uh, yeah. we were we beat on them fairly heavily about that. I don't know if if they're really working on it or not. Right. They say they are, but. <laughs> right, so it's like, yeah. Do you want to, you know, it's trying to figure out what what works well in a bigger room. Right. Again, everybody seems to like, right. oh, this is great for your huddle room. It's like, I know. Yes, that's not what I asked you. I just yeah, like, I've had this yeah. conversation a yeah. lot. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I have a much bigger room that is going to have multiple, you know, connect connections in the table. It's going to have multiple sources in the rack. How do I deal? You know. Yeah. What if I need to feed that camera feed to? Multiple devices, and, or and the short the short sighted thing I get from them as manufacturers is they say, "Oh, that, that's that's most of the spaces," and I'm like, "But you're missing the point." Yeah. For somebody like me, I have to specify something that's um, consistent across their whole user experience, no matter what room size. And so, if I can only use your solution in one or two room types, it's worthless to me. But right. I can't scale it up to their larger room, and then I don't give a crap about. What it, how good it is right. in a small space. It's got to be the similar user experience throughout. Yeah, you'd have to go start start big and then scale it down to the different types, room. completely different types of solutions for a client. Right, with right. different brands of gear. And, and, yeah, yeah, it's not good for them either. It's not. It's a pain in the butt for us, but it's not right. good for them. It's hard. Right. To, it's hard to service and maintain. It's not. That's not a good way to go about it. Right, and that that's kind of where I'm going because I keep running into that over and over. It's like, and no matter what the brand is, they'll call and say our Zoom room's not working. <laughs> exactly, yeah, that's right. Yes. I had to work it, had to work exactly. it again. Right. That's true. <laughs> Need a bell to ring every time I say that. That's funny. <laughs> well, yeah, I got to get some sound effects happening. <laughs> Let's get it. Get yeah. a 360 systems uh, instant replay. <laughs> okay, guys, and now we're moving on to the segment call that we like to call. Tales from the AV Dark Side. Oh, I need to get that music from Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Well, there you, you go. Remember that show? Now we have it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, All right. Cool, man. Where do we start? I think well, we should put our new, our, our, uh, our new voice. To what, if, what about AV Dark Side? What about AV is not the Dark Side? Ooh. Well, uh, the particularly dark side. Well, we don't want to start lying to our listeners just yet. Welcome, <laughs> just Welcome to Tales from the AV Dark Side. Uh, Tales from the AV Dark Side. Well, hmm. What's the what's the most recent? Jerry, you're going to be a, a source of this stuff a lot because you you have to deal with. Uh, oh yeah. You have probably fresh stories of this. Oh yeah. Uh, I guess the, one of the biggest one is that when clients wait till the end of the year to pull the trigger. Ah uh, <laughs> yes. Which is also the same time that manufacturers wait to change model numbers. So the the proposal you had out there for three months. With this particular product at this price range, all of a sudden, hey, they, you know, they signed the contract on December twentieth, trying to order thing, and oh, by the way, this model doesn't exist That's anymore. True. You know, right? The new one's better and it's cheaper, but you're gonna wait three months to get it. Actually, no. This, <laughs> well, this particular dark, dark story. This particular dark story goes the opposite way. When that's you have right. when you have a client that's big enough, they deal directly with manufacturers' representatives. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. The price that we had for their project was very discounted, kind of like pull the trigger now and you'll get uh, this yeah, price. But they held off and waited till the last <laughs> minute. Now the new replacement model is about three times more expensive. Whoa! It's well, a better I, product. I, I hope you protected this? yourself in your contract that that was time well, sensitive. And well, no, because the customer towards, the customer actually yeah. was the one that specified that specific mm-hmm. model number. I got you. And you know. Um, Obviously, I'll leave the names out to protect the innocent or to protect the guilty yeah, <laughs> and not embarrass them. You know? yeah. yeah, I'm not into career suicide, but or am I? Anyway, um, at least not on purpose. Right. So next thing you know, it's like, hey, you got, you know, we go to the manufacturers. Like, what do you guys do? You guys gave them this model number to spec and now you don't have any. That's and wrong. they're not going to be any anymore, you know. 
the new one cost this much. And so the manufacturer stepped up and gave us enough discounted. So gotcha. We, you know, because it was one of those like, oh, they got to use this because that's all they can afford. And I'm like, really? <laughs> it's like I, I've been dealing with this particular client for almost 20 years. Jeez. So you guys know who that is off of that. <laughs> um, and it's like, well, that's all the budget they had. It's like, yeah, okay. Anyways, uh, so, so they ended. They're ending. They're ending up with a the newer, nicer product, and uh, paying the old price. Well, the that, old discounted, about to be discontinued price. Oh, they wow. got that price too. That's the price wow. they had because, because they were dealing directly with the with the manufacturer. You know, wow. which is that's when it gets dangerous, <clears throat> and especially when you know a company has their own internal AV design team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, that's problematic. Big sigh on that one. Yeah, and so it turns out it's anyways. Yeah, we all have that look. We're all looking. The, uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> well, I wish we could say more. The end user <laughs> dealing directly with an equipment supplier is always man it's so problematic if you're the integrator that gets stuck in the middle of that right yeah Which uh, oh yeah you know years ago I'm sure you remember the stories of mm-hmm. a client who was basically walking in as as we would be installing a new conference room uh you know trying to make trying to make a buck on it they would walk in and go oh here here's the codec because we got it directly from the manufacturer. <laughs> you guys need to install it, maintain it, program it, be responsible for it. But here, yeah, so, you get, you like get we, to make no money for guess this. What, yeah, you, you get no money f- for selling this. But the most expensive piece of gear in the room, you don't get to sell it, but we need you to install it and take care of yeah, it. Yeah, we just need you to own all the heartache that comes with it. Right. Those were fun days. Uh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and that goes down a lot. And, and part of the problem, I think, especially on new construction projects, is you have a team of purchasing people, and their goal is just to get the best price, right? Their goal is not the sustainability of that room within the ecosystem and support. And sub two years ago, went through this. It happened to be with Life Size. I won't name names. But <laughs> the end user realized that uh, the purchasing person, right? Uh, not a stakeholder, just the purchasing person at the end user said, well, we're going to buy this direct because we can save sub $1,000. And wow. the integrator said, that's a horrible idea. And we're not going to touch that with a 10 foot pole. If you do that, the consultant went on the record and said, we strongly recommend that you do not walk into this bear trap. And this is a dollar chasing a dime. The client did it anyway. That was probably their most painful room, was that particular room because they did not have the integrator support. Now, the person in purchasing never felt any pain. They saved $1,000. Woo, they did their job, right? But everybody else that actually had a stake in in that room, it was a nightmare. And the integrator uh, was gleeful, rightfully so. Like, I told you so. But you don't want to be doing the happy dance over I told you so with your end user. But so it was very bittersweet, you know, sweet, but yet bitter. You don't want them to have a bad experience, but you're like, all right, there you go. And yeah, so to, to what David said earlier, there is a value because the integrator does want to and typically runs a lot of interference for you. You know, and and you don't have to deal with stuff. If I've got a problem with XYZ TV on the wall, did I save the box? Do I have a relationship where I can return that? Do I want to be responsible for taking this down off the wall, right? So there's definitely a lot to be said about that part of the value that is kind of underappreciated in some ways. Is that, you know, integrators, they've got the relationship, they've got the ecosystem, they do RMAs and they run interference on your behalf and kind of take that pain away from you. Um, and do not use them at your own peril because yeah. you are, yeah. you know, you're, you're losing out on that advocate, I think, right. or that, resolution. Does, or does it, instead of having an RS-232 port, does it have like a, you know, it has Netflix on it or something, something that does your business no good, but now your programmer is going to soak right. up every dime that you thought you saved? <laughs> Updating his software to control that IP or something. Actually, going back to the the original uh, nightmare story, 
um, we, the integrator, we, on that particular situation, were the ones that our PM spent four or five hours on the phone making sure that the customer at the end would end up getting what they wanted. Actually, they, ended, they got a free upgrade, the customer. But right. it, was, it was, you know, by all means, uh, RPM that saved that. You know, mm-hmm. they went the extra mile, called the manufacturer, called the manufacturer's rep, kind of jumped up his butt and, you know, got, got, got all the wheels moving and yeah. the right guilt trips happening to Get it sorted. Good. make the manufacturer step up. Well, that's good. That I mean, that's a happy ending. Actually, that's great. Mm-hmm. See, guys. So even even the dark side of AV is pretty good at the end. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Somebody saves it. You know. Yeah, somebody, Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, right. We always try to save the day. We try to save the day. Exactly. <laughs> We're AV here. There's no crying in AV. <laughs> <laughs> there uh, is. I've cried. It does make me cry. Yeah, the crying the crying AV happens in the IDF. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Uh, well i have a uh, i have an idea it was something i had mentioned before uh and it didn't make it on our uh, syllabus is that what it is syllabus uh but i wanted to take this opportunity um to do a segment called overrated underrated so i'll i'll throw out i'll throw out a topic and then if anybody you know i'd like for each of you to weigh in uh, on if you think it's overrated or underrated. Okay, good. You're talking about um, topics. I thought so, you have to throw out names. <laughs> no, no, no. What about this guy? We could do that overrated. too. That, that might get me. And we're not here to do a popularity contest. Some, some of us are seeking gainful employment. We, we don't want to burn bridges. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so the big talk this week um, for non-pro AV people is the Consumer Electronics Show. Do y'all think that CES is overrated or underrated? Uh, we'll start with David. David, what do you think? I'm honestly going to plead ignorance on this. I've never been, so I don't want to be the guy that's talking out of his butt and saying, oh, it's okay. <laughs> I've never been there, so I, I can't honestly say. I'll pass. All right. Great. And you also don't have access to the Internet, so you've seen or read nothing about this. Come on. You haven't seen anything? You didn't see the smart toilet? You get all the same blasts that you do for any other show. You know, it's like, hey, we're going to be at that, – that, that's the extent of I get people wanting to meet up yeah. and have lunch and talk about their products. But that happens for every show. So it doesn't really tell me much about how, how good it is or if there's a good turnout. Yeah. I, I can't I – I just don't have any good feedback there. But I get invited to it, so that's cool. <laughs> that's cool it's always nice to be invited even if you yeah don't they invite me play. so thumbs up um i i would i'm gonna say overrated but not not extremely overrated it's a trade show yeah. you know in vegas so there's a lot of hype surrounding it i don't because i have not really been in the consumer electronics world I'm not as concerned yeah. with the whatever the you know the next Alexa is or whatever because I've always dealt yeah. with Pro AV. So I I know I, I I can tell you a quick story of a of a a house I went to. Um, <laughs> it was I, w- I was going to kind of consult on how to put a fiber optic system in so this person could create an image of the night sky in the domed ceiling of his dining room uh, that matched the position of the stars on the day of his birth. So, mm, kind really? Of, yeah, kind of a little more <sighs> money than sense. Crazy kind people of in their money. But, and, yeah. and at the indoor pool, there was massive, massive uh, bag end sound system. The I, for, I forget which subwoofers they had for a while. They ELF, but they had yeah, the, the, and the, but yeah, all that stuff. God. But there was, I mean, you know, it basically was a nightclub. Just happened to have a swimming pool in the middle of it. And nice. what what I found out was this: the owner of this home had gone to the consumer electronics show and just walked around and was uh. like, "I want that." And I want that, and I want that. So he ended up with this crazy, uh, you know, bump and club system for his, for his indoor pool. So I, I, I don't know who a typical CES attendee is. I mean, that's got to be a fair, maybe not totally uncommon. I had people with a ton of money go point at things and say, I want that in a lot of 
uh, avenues. But uh, I don't know who really goes. And if it's, you know, are the people from Best Buy there deciding what they're going to carry? I mean, I don't, I, I don't know yeah, what the... Maybe so. It just, a lot of it just seems like, well, I want to go see all the cool new toys is right. the vibe I get from it. Yeah. yeah. Even from the people that are on the on the show floor going, we're at the so-and-so booth. I mean, I'll admit, and, if I had time, I, oh, I would like be to, go, to go. Because, I, I mean, I, there are, how many HDMI? There's stuff yeah. comes from the consumer market that ends up pouring into ours, and it'd be nice to oh. see it coming right. before I get hit upside the head with it sideways <laughs> one day. Right. So, yeah. from yeah. that aspect, but I would like to go, going, but well, I just I never saw this. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, having never been, I would love to go, but I think uh, as far as overrated, underrated, I think it comes with an asterisk. Right. It, you know, as far as, you know, for the commercial AV industry, it's overrated because it's a lot of stuff that, you know, probably my guess, just from what I do know, what, what people end up showing at CES, I would say probably 80% or more of CES has nothing to do with anything remotely to commercial AV. Like CES is where they, you know, Pioneer comes out with their new tape deck for the car. Yeah. Or right. Blu-ray player, whatever, you know. Because that's making a comeback, man. I'm not throwing away my, my Tascam uh, 202 Mark II just yet. Oh, yeah, nice. I actually heard that cassette sales and record sales are both up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, they have Crazy. been. Yeah, yeah they've been creeping as far, yeah, well, they probably as, do have yeah. some tape decks there. Nakamichi. It's, it's the only... To be honest, uh, for new, because, you know, people that would be buying CDs don't buy them anymore. They stream or they, you know, they either use, you know, Spotify or Apple or whatever. So really, CD sales are abysmal, but because of the cachet and the hipster, you know, resurgence in vinyl and cassettes, vinyl outpaced new CD sales several years ago. Right. Just because it's it's the cool thing to to do now. Now, did they allow you to buy vinyl without a man bun? <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter because it comes with it, sir. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Free with every purchase. You have to mail in a self-addressed stamped envelope to get it. Right, and, that, and that's a coupon you cut out of the inside sleeve of the, of <laughs> the record right. jacket. <laughs> well, interestingly enough, uh, Billboard had released some stats uh, yesterday saying that vinyl album sales in the U.S. hit their 13th consecutive year of growth, with Guardians being the top-selling LP and Yellow Submarine the biggest vinyl single. Wow. Yeah, 16.8 million vinyl albums were sold in 2018, according to Nielsen Music. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, That's huge. Well, it was, you know... It just sounded all good. of all of the things that people my age missed about vinyl, where you had a, something physically large enough to look at and read liner notes and have photographs and yeah. all of the things that used to come in a, in an album, um, especially if you grew up like I did as an Elton John fan, his he put there was so much stuff in an Elton John record, yeah, booklets with all the lyrics and photographs and you know triple fold sleeves yeah. and. Just there was always. Oh, I love that! I never knew you were a big if you had an fan, album man. that had like a fold out, and yeah. then they had a whole bunch of oh, yeah. stuff inside. It was yeah, yeah. That, it, that it doesn't added work to the in experience. a five inch square. Yeah, you know. Um, so that that whole thing, and then of course the just the sound, uh, the analog the sound, and you've got you got kids who grew up never hearing analog anything, and then someone you know that's true. Their cooler friend goes, dude. I've, Totally got some new 181 gram vinyl. Uh, you want to check it out? And then they're like, oh, you know, and, you know, and whether they really know the difference or the cool friend told them it was different, you know how that that goes. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's a big thing. Now I I don't agree with the pricing of new vinyl. You know I don't think you should have to pay twenty five dollars yeah. for an album. But uh, I don't either. But God bless them for doing it. You know, um, got Jack White with third. He's doing all kinds of crazy stuff, keeping the old stuff alive. Um, so I like, I, I enjoy it. I think it's, uh, you know, it's viable if, if I go see a live band and, uh, they've released a record and they have it on vinyl, I'll usually buy that. And to be honest, I might not even ever take it out of the jacket. I might just download the record (laughs) (laughs) and just have have, have that. (laughs) But at some point, you know, when I set up my listening room, 
uh, I'll have those. I'll have those vinyls around because again, it's just a cool physical format that I'm. I'm glad there's a resurgence in it actually because I think it's a. There's something to it. Um, just ones and zeros don't make you feel good. That's true. Well, it's interesting. There, I oh, remember um, I, I had a, kid, that, a cassette. <laughs> There's new sex robots at the CES. Popular. Maybe ones and zeros do make you feel good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but there was Suddenly we all want to go to about CES. Whoever did the production of uh, The Miseducation of, of Lauren Hill. Mm -hmm. And that album had certain songs that were recorded that even on a cassette, it sounded like an album quality, you know? Mm, and that was right. one of the things I loved about that particular album, even in cassette form. Oh, yeah, was it sounded, you know? Yeah, we still use the, the record scratch sound, the scratchy record sound in the background. and Yeah, back when I was doing yeah. hip-hop production in the late 90s. Yeah. That was, that was a, this, a lot of the songs were... <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's a shockingly <laughs> good... Thank you, thank you. That's my run out groove impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. People people listening at home or in the cars are going, What in the hell's going on? What's that sound? <laughs> so those three people are gonna be freaked out for a minute. Right. <laughs> All one of them died in a car crash. <laughs> Listenership plummets. Audience base just went down a third. So we we one got of off. We, we got a little off your overrated, underrated. Do you have other topics, or was that the one for today? Uh, that's the one for today. Okay. I think we'll uh, we'll be moving on. Does anybody know of any cool AV tools? Anyone? Anyone? Oh, um, I've got no? a BNC no puller. That's pretty awesome. No, I'm kidding. The <laughs> actually, uh, actually, actually the, to, to me, the coolest product right now that's in, it's that actually that, that Biomp Devia. Yeah, and that's, in, that's I hadn't heard of it yet, so I'm yeah. I'm check it interested. out. Look it up. It's a it's a great. It's it's one of those products that's like ninety eight percent there. Mm -hmm. But if you use it creatively, it'll do. It's really cool. It's a single USB. Hmm. Bring your own device box. We should you should put it up to. on the screen. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do something different. Let's do a live learn right now. Show us something that you're that you're uh, <laughs> so, 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 if, so our audio audience can read along. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can hear our reaction. Exactly. There's all kinds of reaction yeah, videos right. on YouTube. Uh, yeah, let's let's get yeah, our let's reaction do. live. Let's look at it. Yeah, let's have this one uh, one step further away from reality. Oh, that's awful. And I can't believe we're using that, Jerry. That is awful. What I'm kidding. He, he doesn't have it <laughs> he doesn't have it up yet. <laughs> I'm killing time. This is uh, the sounds of us killing time. And oh yeah, don't don't play the manufacturer video. Today we're introducing and of course, the Biomp TV. Oh yes, I actually have one of those. Oh, so that's what it is. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice little universal docking station thing. So it gives you it gives you the USB hub hubbage that you require to get bring your camera mm -hmm. in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. It handles the audio AEC. You can you can buy it either with a desktop mic or a ceiling mic. Are those multi-element mics? Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. It's three elements, three I believe, elements. Okay. Per, per unit. So, right, right, okay. Can you We're individually down. mute each side of that microphone, or is one? It's a mic, a smart mic ring. <laughs> it looks like. I don't are know. Those, <laughs> I'm the, kidding. Hopefully not. In the photograph, it looks like there's some sort of buttons on the microphone. And yeah, there is. Or is it just an indicator lamp? It's an indicator, I believe. No, you can mute. Can you? Yeah, I was being a smart ass because you know people always ask them whenever you have a big boardroom, yeah. and it's like I, I want to individually meet these mics. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you think you do until you the first time that you mute and go, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about, and you and realize they all that heard it, you still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <It's, laughs> all or nothing. Folks. This is not all a cone nothing. of silence. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, okay, uh, Michelle, you couldn't see this lovely device. You I said we can. We're still. Oh, oh you're That's right. She's seeing yeah? this, isn't she? Oh, That's yeah. right. I, I am seeing it. No, I like it. it looks you just smart. can't I mean, hear us properly. <laughs> that, that's a high volume play there, but no, it's good. You're right. So, I, where I are, are you placing this, Jerry? What kinds of rooms? Uh, huddles. Mm -hmm. uh, if you wanted like a huddle plus, because mm -hmm. it's it's not that expensive. Like I said, it's, I, I believe we can sell it. It's under two thousand bucks. Oh. Um, Is that including your mic of choice? Yeah, you can buy it. At, you can buy it with ceiling or, mm -hmm. and obviously the variable there is going to be which one you use. If uh, it has, what's cool about it, which is one part that all these bring my uh, BYOD devices were failing up until recently, is that they only gave you one output. 
And people go, well, it's 4K output. I'm like, people don't give a fuck. They can't read 4K. You know, if you put a, uh, you know, 7-inch 4K and you have true for, truly 4K resolution, you can't read it unless you're like two feet from it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I would rather have two 1080s mm-hmm. and be able to do a proper video call where you have content sharing on one monitor and your video conference on the other. You know, and, you know, these guys do do that. And it, um, I forget, it's a, the, the, the video technology, that's the only driver. You do have to have a driver for whatever laptop it has. Uh, okay. Well, it's not for the machine. It's a universal docking station license thing. It's a, huh. it's escape, the name's escaping me. Okay. But, uh. Scroll down to the fine print. Yeah. We'll Google it later and yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show yeah. notes. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll anyway, put the link for this yes. too. Oh, absolutely. Hang on with that. I, I feel like we're at the Grammys and like our acceptance speech <laughs> went on too long. <laughs> no, I just moved that. Play them off, Laura. It's like, bah, 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 bah. you gotta get the hell right out of here. That's my time. Good night. Uh, no, I believe, I believe it's called this, the, the, the thing is called Display Link. It's okay. kind of like a universal USB video driver. Ah, okay. okay. Uh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Display link, yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's, you usually need to have the display link on your on your laptop. Well, and you should anyway. Most, you should anyway. So okay. that gives you the USB to video, and it'll drive two monitors on the single box. Just like, like most universal desktop mm-hmm. or uh, docking stations today. Okay. Well, cool. Right, right. Well, you, heard okay. it, you heard it here, folks, from Jerry. Yeah, he, he uh, thumbs up on Davio from yeah. Biamp. Go go check it out. Exactly. Yeah. From from our future sponsors, Biamp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's Throwing right. that out there. All right. At this point, we take no money. So this this is not a pay-for-play podcast moment. That's right. right? And, this and is all genuine. We really feel this way. At this point, <laughs> the, the operative phrase there. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. But, we won't get corrupted until later when we're, right. when we're rolling yeah. in the But we day. are open to corruption, so yeah. feel free to make offers. <laughs> <laughs> we're not corrupt, correct. but we're willing to learn. <laughs> My apologies. We're fast to, learners, that's true. My apologies to Stripes. <laughs> And I think on that note, uh, we let's wrap up that this episode. That concludes the show. Yeah, and thanks for hearing us out, listening. If you stayed this long, congratulations. Yeah, if you pro. stayed this long, you win a prize. <laughs> Stay, we'll announce what that is in the next episode. Suckers. <laughs> thanks, guys. All right. Awesome. Adios, folks. Thanks, guys. And remember to send us feedback. You have been listening to Mostly AV. We hope you had fun. Remember, we operate best with your feedback, so be sure to let us know any questions, concerns, or responses to subjects discussed. 